Hey, hello. Thanks everyone for for tuning in today. Today I am back with my really great friend Daniel, who's Daniel the Jewish Catholic, right? Who's been such a significant part of my faith journey over the past few few months over the past year maybe. Has it really been that long done? Well, tomorrow. Actually, no, tonight. Heck, tonight for us. He's going to be officially, officially welcomed into the Catholic Church through the sacraments of, sacrament of confirmation because, you know, he was baptized Protestant and in the Catholic Church we recognize the baptism. Uh, long, st- nah, long story cut short. He's finally coming in. You know, the Jewish Catholic is finally becoming Catholic. Wild, wild stuff. But... See, today, I'm going to give Daniel one last chance <laughs> to repent, to change his mind, turn around before it's too late and it's permanent. Because once you go Catholic, that, that's it. You're Catholic forever. God has his mark on you. So, without further ado, I'm going to switch my screen and welcome Daniel. Welcome, Daniel. You're on. Why are you mute? Oh, wait, because I've muted you. What's new? What's new? <laughs> What's going on, Gabriel? I am so excited to be back here for this exciting live stream. I'm, I can't believe it. Like you said, I'm finally actually becoming a Jewish Catholic. So uh, I'm really ready. Really wild, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. been quite a while because I guess it may be part of it is because I've been doing a bit of a Lent fast from social media I, I mean it wasn't really strict but rather i just deleted instagram from my phone it's been it's been a really great thing i think i might keep it up yeah right <laughs> but <laughs> um it's been really good to have instagram off my phone i was just wondering if you were comfortable sharing what did you sort of give up for lent yeah um well i i stopped drinking anything that wasn't uh wine that i drink on friday night Mm. Um, i try to work on my temper that's another thing that i Mm. i know it sounds like wow this guy looks so peaceful but (laughs) believe it or not i get cranky when i'm stuck (laughs) yeah uh and fasting yeah fasting every day Mm. um only i think like one meal and then two snacks every day um yeah, those are, I think those are the major things that I gave up. It was just mainly, I was mainly focusing on the fasting and on giving up those other drinks that I really appreciate, especially with all the stresses that I've been having to deal lately as a father of two under two. Actually, mm. today's my son's birthday. Ethan's turning no two way. today. Happy birthday, Ethan. Yeah, so he's being born today. Well, we're celebrating his birth and then we're celebrating He's being my born today? Birth. What? Huh? No. <laughs> What? He should be here, Daniel. He's been here for two years. It's a lame joke. (laughs) Terrible. You're turning into a dad already. Oh, yeah. I'm already got that part down. Mm. But yeah, here we are, man. Yeah. So, uh, what we're going to do today, as the title suggests, is I am going to be attempting to... (laughs) I'm probably not going to do a very good job. 
because <laughs> it's ironic because you are one of the people that have, as I mentioned, made such a huge, huge impact on my faith life in terms of helping me to truly, truly understand my Catholic faith from, I think the key word is the, the reality of it. Whenever, ever since you introduced this entire concept of how Catholicism is the fulfillment of Temple Judaism, it just has become so real. That's good. So, so real. And, I mean, the, the, the easiest way for people who are new to the concept is, I guess, you know, because the Jews are real people here, and if they were real people that God worked through and now Israel is fulfilled through the Catholic Church and right. now you know this physical kingdom is it's there and it's all so real and all of this has become such a reality for me and I can't believe I wasn't taught these things mm. as I was growing up as a young Catholic boy and I think your message has to get out to as many people as possible, which is why I'm so darn happy that you're officially becoming Catholic now. But yeah. you know, And I think it was because of the fact that I wasn't taught these things, that mm. there was a certain point of time in my faith journey that I was considering leaving the faith because I did not know these things. And right. one of the, the reasons why I was so strongly considering leaving the faith was because of all of the anti-Catholic talking points and arguments that are often circulated around. And mm. honestly, that uh, there were a lot of reasons for me to not be Catholic. So today I'm going to be firing away the some of these objections at you. And all right. to those watching, to those listening, I did not... <laughs> I did not give these questions to Daniel beforehand because you know Daniel's gonna become Catholic tonight, you know, for real. He's gotta he's gotta be ready by now. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> you would hope you would hope I know the faith a little yeah, bit. Yeah. You know, it's terrible not not terrible, but it it's there's a double standard, you know, if you're not born into the Catholic faith, there's such a high standard for you to you know, there, there's such a high yeah, bar yeah. when you're not born into it. When you're born into it, it's like you can get, get away like me not knowing anything. <laughs> but <laughs> with converts, it's like there's such a high bar. I mean, it makes mm. sense. But yeah, of course. That is a question that I want to get into at the end of this. You know, the whole yep. concept of at what point do you have to understand to convert? But hey, mm. stay tuned yeah. for that. So, let's get into some of these rejections. Let's do it, man. <laughs> uh, I'm ready. Let's get into the very, very first one that I'm sure that you, you get so much. <laughs> Daniel, you're Jewish. The Catholic Church hates you. Remember the Crusades? <laughs> uh, that's it? Is that is that the complete question or statement? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. And I'm not looking for an in-depth explanation but rather what would you say to someone right now if like the yeah, person came to my face and said that yeah yeah if someone just came to your face said that or maybe commented that and you don't have yeah. to you don't have to prove your point but you've got to yeah, at least yeah. make him realize that okay maybe that was a bit stupid of me to say so yeah I'll, be like, away. <laughs> I'll say what are the crusades how many were there where did they happen and who started them 
Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you get your facts from an Instagram slide? Mm. That's usually, I say that, I mean, half jokingly, but also very seriously. Most of the time when people bring that up, we've spoken about this before. Most yeah. of the time when people bring this up, they really have no idea about the history. They don't know about the Crusades, when they happened, how many there were, and which ones actually count for this uh, matter of like the anti-Jewish excuse that some people bring using the Crusades as their catapult. Um, but then the other thing is, oh, the church hates you? Obviously not, because there's other Jews that have become Catholic. So that would mm. be my quick answer. Jewish saints. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so you would think that you know, if you're becoming Catholic, come on, I'm pretty sure you would have done your research on this. It's kind of... <laughs> yeah. Come and, on. And also very... Also, without doing any research and being like super external about it, I've seen so many people like even just now I woke up this morning and I looked uh, through my phone. Well, not immediately. I don't wake up and look at my phone. But mm -hmm. uh, in the morning, I was checking out the phone and so many people congratulating me, thanking me, welcoming home, welcoming me. Yeah. Welcoming <laughs> me home. That's so hard to say. Anyway, but so many supportive people. Of course, you have your crazy people out there, but. It's good to see the love that I have received from so many people mm. through this journey. So especially like people like you. So you're another example. I'll be like, ah, clearly the church doesn't hate me because mm. Gabriel's awesome. So <laughs> I will always take the grand honor of being the first Catholic YouTuber to invite you on for a podcast. That's I'm, true. I will always Thank be very proud to have that, <laughs> to have that honor. And, Thank you for hearing me out. Yeah, and I know this is, and I think there's the whole anti-Semitism thing. You know, it's, I mean, it's rampant, but it's not just in the Catholic Church. I think this is not a problem exclusive to the Catholic Church. I mean, admittedly, it's the, it is there, but come on, it's it's everywhere. Even the f person behind Protestantism, Martin Luther, was very infamously very mm -hmm. anti-Semitic. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. If Protestants came out and, and said that, that mm, they might yeah. want to check their own history first. Yes, exactly. So the next, exactly. the next um, objection. <clears throat> you can't be Jewish and Catholic. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, sorry for all those people from... China that can't be Chinese and, <laughs> I, I can't, and Catholic. I can't, oh, no. I can't be Chinese and Catholic. Sorry, guy. You you, you got to choose. You're either Catholic or yeah. you're Chinese. Like, what is my um, religion supposed to be as a Chinese? Like, am I meant to be Confucian? Like, am I? Is that yeah. just the default that I uh, because I'm Chinese I have to be Confucian or Taoist or Buddhist? Yeah. Or, it's kind of racist, man. Yeah, and okay, so I guess for the people that might get nitpicky in the comments or watching this video, yes, we realize that there is also a thing that makes Jewish people a little bit different, right? Because you mm. could be Jewish because you're a descendant from the tribe of Yehuda, the tribe from the kingdom of Judah, or because you're a convert or somebody in your ancestry is a 
convert to Judaism, the religion, right? So there's two ways to get into the people. But at the end of the day, it is a people. And it's the same thing uh, with any peoples, right? You, you can belong to any peoples, but it doesn't affect your faith necessarily. So, of course, you can be a Jew and a Catholic. And especially, like uh, you mentioned earlier, Gabriel, what Catholicism is, is the continuation and fulfillment of that temple Judaism, right? So to become Catholic is the natural response to somebody who is a God-fearing person. Somebody who, like if I was somebody that could live for thousands of years, what would naturally happen is I am an Israelite. I'm waiting for my Messiah. My Messiah comes. I continue to follow him and practicing the fulfillment of uh, the old covenant which is the new and eternal covenant so i'm still jewish but i'm catholic mm. and you know as we all say being catholic is the most sensible thing a jew can do that's right absolutely 100 percent. yeah so for those of you who haven't checked out daniel's chan- channel or rather haven't at least seen our previous podcast or you know he's done plenty and plen- plenty of podcasts in fact i might recommend that you go check out the ones that he's done more lately with other youtubers because i'm sure he's gotten better at telling his story <laughs> so do check that out and you know it will if you didn't if you have no idea what we're talking about here and you're like what the heck what catholic jew <laughs> what but go check it out because it will definitely change your it will blow your mind and you know, everything Hopefully. will just make so much sense yeah. yeah. So uh, in my channel, just real quick, in my channel, the Jewish Catholic, if you go to my playlist, I have one playlist called Conversations, and that's where you will see those conversations with Gabriel, myself, and other folks. That's a great idea. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Now, um, here's another one that might you might want to get into more, or maybe it's a really straightforward answer, but mm. you're Jewish, you don't you don't need Christ to be saved because you're already part of God's chosen people. Why, why do you have to become Catholic? You, you can just stay Jewish and you're fine. Well, that literally makes no sense because even back in the time when the Mosaic Covenant was actually still active, right before the New and Eternal Covenant was uh, officiated by Yeshua, right? Even then, you couldn't just do whatever you wanted and be like, oh, once saved, always saved right? That's what it's like. Oh, I'm a Jew. That means I'm, I'm completely fine. That's not how it was. There were so many ways that you could be, quote unquote, cut off from the people. So that would mean that you're no longer part of God's people. If you transgress specific commandments, or if you were rebellious, um, or if you became an, uh, an idol worshiper, right? Idol worshiper. So even, yeah, so even then, it was quite easy to not be in covenant. Now, if we continue, like we mentioned before, if we're continuing in the story of God's plan for the communion of himself as creator and creation, we need to follow whatever he lays down for us to walk on. And now we're in the new covenant, right? It's like, for example, if you told uh, Abraham, oh, Abraham, you don't have to worry about walking with God in this new covenant because Noah made a covenant with God way back when. Mm. what that doesn't apply we're we're continuing so the way that covenants work this is real quick but it's so important to understand 
the relationship between God and whoever is called God's people is covenantal. It's a covenant that is created. Um, and when a new covenant is established, it doesn't necessarily throw away the previous, but it just builds up on it. So that's why the new covenant that we're in, a lot of things look very similar. Some of them are mm. pretty much the same thing. Some of them are explained further through the Messiah, the apostles, the bishops, and some of them are fulfillments. For example, the kosher laws that are about distinguishing what is clean and unclean is now shown to us as what it is, the fulfillment, which is when you are cleansed by God, you cannot call that person unclean because they have been cleansed by the blood of the Messiah. So I know that was a little bit deeper than it needed to be, but no, that yeah. was fantastic. And before we get on to the next one, wanted to feature some comments uh, that are that are really great. Um, my husband and I are being confirmed on Easter vigil. Also, heart shape emoji, heart shape emoji. Congratulations, hey. welcome home. It's so beautiful that yes. you and your husband are both getting confirmed together. I'm sure you guys have an amazing story, and that's beautiful that you guys are doing it together. Wow, so exciting! You're, so exciting. you're lucky kids, you're lucky kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and another one hey, Daniel, I am being confirmed tomorrow at Easter Visual 2. I love your videos, I'm so excited for you. From Rang awesome. Rangoon, this person. All right, Rangoon. Congratulations, welcome home. Excellent. That's so awesome, man. There's so many people coming. I mean, of course, there's people coming into the church all the time, right? But it's so cool that the church has this season, right, specifically for it. Mm. And when when everybody's walking together, it makes you feel like, oh, I'm not alone. Look at mm. this amazing crowd of people that are taking that step to be close to our creator. So, yeah, amazing. it is definitely, definitely. A, I'm just imagining like that moment for you when you finally enter the church, you know, you, when you're lining up and your turn comes, man, oh. I, I think that's going to be, do you, do you think there's going to be like a video of it or anything like that? I don't really know. Um, mm. This is a very complicated situation as well as to how it's going to happen for me because the the place that I'm going to go to is the church where I did my uh, catechumen stuff, mm -hmm. right? Um, but that's not going to be the actual parish where I'm going to be attending. The reason why I went to the other one is because they, they had the classes available when I started them. Mm -hmm. The other congregation was shut down. The other church was oh, shut man. down at that point, so I couldn't go. So because of that whole conflict situation, I'm going to go to this one, but then I'm going to have to get my, my paperwork transferred to go to the other parish, uh, which is the one that I will be attending. It's a little bit confusing, but... Well, I mean, hey, not a problem. It's, as long as you're Catholic, you could go attend... As long a, as I'm Catholic. You could go and attend a Byzantine church if, <laughs> yeah. if you had one. <laughs> Yeah, that would be once, awesome, actually. Yeah, just once you get that, you know, the rest is all mm. just, just formalities and paperwork. That's right, that's right. All right, here's one. It was actually from the Instagram um, question box. Mm. Um, This is from B. Jimenez0413. <laughs> because Jesus mm. said, um, you know, why shouldn't you become Catholic? Because Jesus mm. said he wouldn't change the law in Matthew 5.17. So Judaism is still true. 
first of all, he didn't say I didn't come to change. He said I didn't come to destroy and abolish the law and the prophets. So terminology is super important because he said he came to fulfill. What does fulfill mean? It means to bring to its true meaning, to bring up to the standard where he's supposed to bring it, right? So what context is, um, when the old covenant was established, it's this is also similar to the new one, but in the old covenant, you didn't just have the commandments. You also had an authoritative body, and you can find this in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 18, uh, where this authoritative body had the ability to interpret, judge, and decree according to, to the Torah. And their judgment was as binding as the actual written commandment, right? So you had an oral law in addition to the written law. What started happening is during the time of the rabbis, um, later on this uh, second temple period, the stringencies were becoming absurd, right? They were putting burdens on the people that even they wouldn't lift a finger to to bear themselves uh, so it was becoming more fences and fences and fences and missing the point of the commandment right um, Yeshua gives an example when he talks about the korban where it's this gift that you give of money to the temple and there's another commandment that says that you have to honor your father and your mother and to honor them also meant to take care of them financially. So what a lot of people would say is like, ah, you know what? I gave money to the temple, so I don't have money to take care of you. Mm -hmm. So they're saying, see, I'm, I'm fulfilling the commandment. Therefore, now I can't fulfill this other actual commandment. So they're taking the, the ones that were decreed as higher as, than the commandments that God had provided himself by mouth, right? When God gave those commandments in Mount Sinai. So what does Yeshua do? He comes back to reestablish a proper set of the new court, if you will, which is the apostles and then the bishops that succeed. So again, he's not destroying the old covenant laws. He's fulfilling them and he's giving the proper interpretation. And he gives that same authority to interpret, to judge and decree to the apostles and following that the bishops. So again, it's Judaism that you, that's another thing that a lot of people confuse it with. Judaism, as you see it today, is not temple Judaism. It's another avenue that the rabbis who rejected Yeshua ended up coming up with as a solution for their lack of temple priesthood and um, the sacrifices. But Yeshua already, the king, the Messiah, provided mm. the solution himself, which is, again, bishops. Mm. There we go careful there what you just said you know it, it's funny <laughs> this whole topic of anti-semitism either people on one end are going to be anti-semitic against you but on the other hand some people might say what you just said is anti-semitic saying that judaism is oh something that the rabbis came up with <laughs> careful daniel well you might get kicked off YouTube. <laughs> no that that's actually interesting that you point that but uh, i didn't say that the rabbis say it. If you go to the Talmud, it tells us about... Uh, I actually mm. made a video about this. If you guys go to my videos, this is previous before my channel was called The Jewish Catholic. This is when I was a Messianic Jew, right? Mm. A Jew that believed in Yeshua, but practicing Judaism. 
I have a video called The Temple, The Sacrifice, and The High Priest, and I go over the excuses that the rabbis themselves provide. And they talk about the fact that, oh, now we don't have sacrifices, so now our new form of sacrifices, if you will, is going to be almsgiving, keeping the commandments, uh, and good deeds, right? Prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, those are not substitutions for the sacrifices. These are things that the rabbis had to come up with as an answer, as a response to the lack of temple sacrificial system and the mm. priesthood. So oh, I didn't say that, yeah. the rabbi. <laughs> a lot we can get into with that, which well, you already have, but man. Mm. Here's another one. Daniel, how can you be Catholic with this Pope? <gasps> Pope Francis, this, the heretic quote on Well, you know what? That is, there's two ways to look at this. Either you look at, I'm following man or I'm following God. I'm mm. following God. So I don't care uh, about well, the well, sins. Well, Daniel, I mean, if you're following God, then why are you becoming Catholic? Catholicism is all about following the Pope. Uh, <laughs> people that people that come with with the, that argument, I probably just walk away because I'm like, okay, you literally don't know anything about what Catholicism mm. is if that's what you really think. Um, but in in regards to like the the, the specific Pope, and Pope his, yeah, yeah, like we're talking about our current Pontiff mm. Pope Francis. My my thought is, I follow God where He is. Mm. God has allowed there to be bad kings, mm -hmm. bad judges, mm -hmm. bad popes, bad priests, bad lay people. Hence, this is this is the issue also with the Crusades. That's, but we won't dive into that. But the issue with the Crusades was bad laity. It had nothing to do with the pope or the church, right? So, there are people that sin. Wait, who, who sinned? Oh, yeah, that's right. The Bible says that everyone mm -hmm. is a sinner, right? We're, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. So just because uh, there may be some things that are, like personally, there are some things that I don't necessarily appreciate or I'm not 100% in with the way that Pope Francis might carry out certain things. Like, for example, when he's ambiguous about certain statements mm -hmm. or when he doesn't answer the dubia that were given by the four cardinals, uh, the dubia cardinals. Those are matters that, even though it makes me sad sometimes, it that's not why I'm becoming Catholic. I'm becoming Catholic because the Eucharist is God, because the authority that God established is the bishops and the church. So I'm following God. I pray amazing. for the Pope, <laughs> Yeah, you know, but that's, yeah. It's pretty amazing, isn't it, that all of this, all it boils down to, it can all boil down to one thing that is, you know, an interpretation of John 6 or, no, yeah, it rather, it just all comes down to the Eucharist, right? If you, once you, this is something so unique about Catholicism, which is that if you have one thing down, which is, I think, I mean, so, in, so many Catholic teachings are so unique to Catholicism, and once you've got them down, it's like, okay, like, there's, yeah. even if you can't really get along with everything else yet, 
once you believe that one thing is true, you have no choice. Like you just have to become Catholic and deal yeah. with the rest of it, you know? And yeah. <laughs> I think that's really great. Something that I was on a separate note, something that I heard Matt Frad talk about on his podcast with Cameron Bertuzzi was that mm. regarding the, the bad popes argument, this concept of, uh, we would expect popes to be of a certain moral standard, but then you can take that same concept and apply it to Christians, right? And be yeah. like, we would expect Christians to be of a certain moral standard, but guess what? No, no. We would expect pastors to be, to be of a certain... No, we have Ravi Zacharias. We have many, many scandals. and So, yeah. you know, that that in itself sometimes when you just dismantle the logic of that argument it's like you know you can't even say that anymore but moving yeah. on to our next objection which actually links to something that you said about everyone sins mm-hmm. well daniel what about mary no what it says that mary needed you know mary needs a savior too right what why does the Catholic Church venerate Mary so much? And I know you guys don't worship Mary, but how can you say she's sinless? <laughs> uh, okay. Mm. I-, I guess it depends what they're actually trying to get us. So I probably asked them to be more specific, like mm. what their point is. Like, are they saying that we are wrong as Catholics to believe that she was sinless? Or are we wrong for venerating her or honoring the fact that she's the mother of God, mm, right? It's unbiblical. Or, or, Let's go with that one. It's unbiblical. Um, which part of it? It's unbiblical that, that she's, she's sinless. sinless? That sh- yeah, that she's sinless. Well, just because something isn't explicitly stated in the Bible doesn't mean that it's true or untrue, right? You have to... This is the problem with that whole sola scriptura yeah. thing. So when when we get to that, with, there's some arguments that kind of branch down and waterfall from other arguments. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe I would take it back to sola scriptura and I'll ask, okay, so you believe in the Trinity? Where is that in the Bible? Then they'll have to deduct, right? I'll, obviously, I would let them explain. And I'll say, okay, so the way that you explain that, let me explain to you why medium the mother of Yeshua was sinless. And it's understanding the fact, for example, if you take typology into effect and you Mm. look at the fact that the Ark of the Covenant was such a holy item that it was created Mm. out of things that were incorruptible materials, right? Like gold and acacia wood, which doesn't rot, doesn't fungus, doesn't grow on it. Uh, So taking that and also taking the fact that it was so pure that if you touched it, you died. Uh, it doesn't matter how holy you were. This was there was a priest mm. that touched it and died, right? <laughs> Just like <laughs> yeah. that, she literally got zapped. So so scary was that moment that <laughs> even King David was like, "Uh, mm. I'm gonna put this away in Obed Edom's house, and he's he's gonna <laughs> stay over there." But then uh, you look at Miriam, who is not not carrying stone tablets and a a stick basically mm. and a jar of bread she was literally carrying god in her right mm. and you may say okay but maybe she sinned later yeah i don't think so look it, we we know again going back to the typology factor that the things were incorruptible 
she's also incorruptible. But then we may say, oh, but the scripture tells us that she calls God her savior. And it doesn't affect in any way saying that God is her savior because God can save you from sin retroactively. Sorry, I'm like going into the Japanese mode. He can save you retroactively at the same way that he can save you after the matter. So, for example, I've, I like the example of um, there's like a cartoon where there's a person walking, right? And there's a hole in the ground that they can't see. So there's two ways that God could save you. He could save you from falling into that hole. Or if you did fall into the hole, he can save you out of the hole. Mm. Medium would be the example of that. He didn't let her actually fall down. So God is still her savior, right? But us who actually have sinned, who have fallen into the, into the pit, God still saves us. So both saved just in different ways. Yeah. I I actually have something to add on to the the whole why Mary is in this argument. And it's actually really scientific stuff um, that I... Um, that I've posted about before, but I I love sharing this. It's such such a fun fact. So, you know, every girl is born with all of the ova that she'll ever have, like every all of the eggs that she'll ever have in her lifetime, which means that when Mary was born, she would have been pre-created with a part basically a part of what would be God, you know? And I think that's That's, a really good tidbit for the immaculate conception, why she would be immaculately immaculately conceived, um, or at least for that to be some backing for the claim that God would have had her in his mind right from the start, right from when she was born. And I think that's... Maybe it's not concrete evidence. Oh, yeah, this this means she was immaculately conceived. But I think it's something that really, really backs it up. If you know, you've yeah. already got all the theology down, this is just something that's like, oh, yeah. So now it makes complete yeah. sense. And furthermore, it's been proven that a mother retains their child's cells and DNA through this mm-hmm. phenomenon called micro microchimerism. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I'm not a scientist. But yeah, so during pregnancies, the, the, the cells from a child enter the mother's bloodstream and become embedded into the mother's organs. Wow. And some of these fetal cells can even be healing for the mother, actively wow. traveling to the site of an injury. And the, these are all like legitimate scientific wow. facts. I'm not sure if you, um, you, you know this or you've heard about this, but when, you know, when I heard about this, it's like, you know, all of this makes so much sense. Yeah. This, it's like Mary has God particles flowing through her. That's pretty <laughs> it's legit. Wild. That's pretty she legit. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's not even a metaphorical theological thing. She literally, if we believe yes. that Jesus is God made f- made flesh, this literally yes. means that proven by by science, mm. our blessed mother wow. has God particles flowing through her through forever because she has God DNA. No, not even quotation marks. Literally, God DNA 
flowing yeah. through her. And I think that's really amazing stuff. Yeah. You know what? That actually kind of also, I, I know I'm kind of um, deviating no a little bit, but I think this, this is also really supports the whole idea of the assumption of mm. the Blessed Mother Medium. So like, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, okay, Yeshua. Whoa, man, you just blew up my mind. Check this out. If you go to the Psalms, uh, there's a Psalm that says, Arise, O Lord, you and your ark of strength to your resting place. So the people of old, the Christians who would look at the scripture and they look at the assumption of Mary, they would relate this in that Yeshua goes to the right hand of the Father and then also the Blessed Mother is taken. They're, they're taking that idea from the psalm that says that the Lord arises and he also brings the ark with him. And now it makes so much sense because the ark, the Blessed Mother Medium, she has, like you said, those God particles within her. So part of God is forever within her. So it makes sense that God's going to take that with him, right? It's part of himself. So she's not just a random woman. She is literally uh, part of him because she's the mother who actually birthed our Lord through the flesh side of things, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty awesome. It's, it goes really deep. Yeah, and just this whole—I mean, there, there, there are other sort of arguments for the assumption, such as you know, God would not want, you know, um, Mary to you know decay on Earth, etc. Now it's become become even more evident from the fact that she's not just you know because it's not just because she's Mary, it's because it's also because she, she literally has. Jesus particles in her, the, the, and you know, she, we can't let that happen. Wow, it's can't, science. Yeah, can't let her just decay and have you know maggots and uh, nope, not yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, here's another one. Um, why not be orthodox? Mm. You know, I have a couple of people that are orthodox, and I have a, a guy who's really, really. <clears throat> He's very kind. He's actually supportive and he's happy that I'm becoming Catholic and all that going officially to the church. Mm -hmm. But I think he's actually orthodox. Mm -hmm. My my reason. <clears throat> okay, so you remember before how you mentioned how everything really has to do with the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. But then somebody might argue, right? Like when you eliminate, if mm -hmm. the Eucharist is Basically. really what the church teaches it is, it, it literally scratches every other religion and group ever. And it leaves only two. It mm. leaves the Orthodox Church and the Catholic it's Church. It's always a bit tricky. Yeah. Just a bit. So, mm, and the reason why you have these two is because they both have valid sacraments. They both have apostolic succession. So then why Catholicism and not Orthodoxy, right? Um, it has to do with the other, the second question. So that's why when people ask me, why are you Catholic? I don't say, I don't want to go into the apologetics of Marian doctrine that's afterwards mm, I don't want to go yeah. into the doctrines about uh, the papacy and all of these things that that's secondary there's only two things the Eucharist and the other question is did Yeshua come to establish the kingdom of God the kingdom of Israel and the answer is yes go to the book of Luke chapter 1 and it tells us 
that Yeshua, this is what the angel Gabriel, Gabriel, mm -hmm. tells Miriam. It says that the son that will be, will be born of her will be sitting in the throne of David. Make Obviously, that means he is the king. So if he's coming to reestablish the kingdom, that means he's going to follow the kingdom pattern. And this is something that I also mentioned in, uh, in my last live stream that I did with the Cordial Catholic, which is if Yeshua came to establish the kingdom, then that means that the Catholic Church is the only one that has this authority structure, right? Because even though the Orthodox do have bishops, they don't have the steward, which is part of the kingdom. If you look in the book of Isaiah, chapter 22, it tells us about the steward who had not only a priestly role, but also a kingly role. And if, if you don't have the steward, you don't have the, the complete uh, structure. So who has that complete structure? It's only the Catholic Church. And it has the magisterium, which we don't really have in the Orthodox mm -hmm. Catholic Church. I mean, the Orthodox Church. This is why they're splitting so often, right? That's why you have Constantinople and you have Antioch arguing all the time. Uh, this is why there's the big issues happening with the Russian bishops versus all the other bishops, because there is no unified uh, kingdom there. It's a bunch of different kingdoms that claim to be of the same, the Orthodox Church, but they're really split. Um, it, that doesn't look like a kingdom to me. Mm -hmm. But... I do see the kingdom only in the Catholic Church. So it answers the two questions. Is Yeshua really in present in the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity? And did Yeshua come to establish the kingdom? If the answer to those questions is yes, then Catholicism is the only answer. It's really great stuff because, um, as I said before, at that point in time where I was considering you know, leaving the faith because of all of all of these arguments right the one definitely the biggest consideration is i think with many catholics who are not who are unfortunately not very well educated because they haven't heard what you've had to say in fact it's not just what i know i keep saying what you have to say but this is it, it's universal truth that it's just not emphasized enough in the church but because and I think a lot of Catholics, um, when they face troubles with Catholicism, when they face struggles, the first thing they think about is I'm gonna become Orthodox. You know, yeah. we don't have all the problematic stuff like the Pope and stuff and they use that as sort of an escape. And yeah. so that was really great because the way that you phrase it, once you phrase it that way, the kingdom and the it all comes down to the papacy, right? And of right. course, that's exactly. a whole different, <laughs> it's a whole different podcast, the papacy. Um, yep. Although Cameron Bertuzzi, I'm sure you you know capturing Christianity, the, the guy behind that yep. channel, you know he's yep. really really considering Catholicism right now. I I'm yeah. kind of excited because it's it looks it looks like it's going really really well. And the Good. final he decided that the final thing that was going to decide if he was going to become Catholic or not is the papacy. And I think that makes a lot of sense because that decides between ju not just Protestantism and Catholicism, but Orthodoxy and Catholicism. So he's decided that if he can nail the pap papacy down, if he can prove that, prove to himself that the papacy is true, he's becoming Catholic. And wow. yeah, he's, I think he's getting real close, but 
Speaking Almost of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, speak uh, yeah. So pray for him. Speaking of papacy and Peter, just to you know, um, sort of start to wrap things up. I just wanted to say that you know, since all of this is on the topic of you becoming Catholic, and this is definitely going to be such a big moment, um, mm. I'm really excited for what's gonna. <laughs> I don't know. Usually, this is the thing about Catholicism. I know I'm rambling, but this is the thing about Catholicism that it's not necessarily an emotional experience at all, but Mm. it can definitely be. Um, You posted on your story that Maundy Thursday Mass was a bit of a waterworks for you, and it was for me as well. And one of something, one of thing, one of the things that got to me was the readings where Peter was when Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples and Peter was saying, like, no, Lord, you shall never wash my feet. And then Christ says, you know, if yeah. I don't wash your feet, then you know, how will you do the same, right? And Peter's like, oh, in that case, Lord, not just my feet. And just, <laughs> just, me. just something about, you see, just something about Peter... It's just so... Uh, it resonates, you know. He's a very relatable guy, isn't he, Peter? And that yeah. that was something that really brought me to tears. Just And because the, the readings were chanted as well, so, you know, double the impact. And yeah, yeah. That w- <laughs> It's just these things that, that just really hit you. So I was wondering... I know this is such a digression, but I was wondering what exactly what was it about Maundy Thursday Mass that got you, got the waterworks going? Um, well, I guess throughout the whole thing, I was kind of tearing up because it was just so beautiful. But I, the part that really, really made me like go off was the part when I see that the priests and the deacon and the altar boys are cleaning everything up, like putting everything away. Hmm. I noticed that they what's going on? Yeah, sorry. You <laughs> Is this what happens when, when everybody... So you're you're lagging out. Sorry, what? Not you're not lagging out. You're just super blurry and pixelated. But your audio is fine, though. Ah, I wonder what's going on. All right, must be an internet Let issue. Let me see. Can you hear me now, still? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh no! You're rather laggy. Hmm. Right. I wonder what's going on. Not laggy. Actually, you're fine. It's just that the quality is really bad. Thanks, camera. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll fix. But as long as you can hear me, I'll explain. Yeah. Um. So, so when the bishop and not the bishop, the, <laughs> when the priest and the deacon and, and the altar boys were cleaning up everything, um, and then I see that the priest is gone, and then he comes back and he puts that uh, white covering right. And he takes um, the consecrated host mm. for to taking it to a, another spot for for adoration. It literally reminded me of this dream that I had a while ago. Where first of all, I've never seen this in my life where the priest covers that up, but I had a dream 
where I saw where it was a world when it was like almost illegal to be Catholic. Mm. Um, and I remember that we were in this really empty city. This is a dream, right? And I and all the people were like looking around, waiting for something. And we were all so desperate. And I knew we were all Catholic for some reason. Mm. And then all of a sudden, through the street corner, I see a, a priest coming out with something being covered. And then at the end of it, he reveals that it was the consecrated host and everybody started crying and like falling to their knees because we knew it was Yeshua. And that was the same thing that happened in real life. I've never like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. I never seen that in real life. So I had no idea that a priest does that. So, so wow. when I saw these on, on this on Monday, Thursday, yeah, I'm like, this is my dream. It's literally happening right now. So I just started crying. And then they start singing um, Pangilingua Gloriosi. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce that, that song. It's my favorite Catholic Latin song. And... The combination of that beautiful song with that moment, which was in my dream, it, it just made me like, God, why you're so good? This is just intense. Like, I don't deserve your love. I just, I man, it was horrible. Like, like horrible in my face, right? Like, but it was an amazing experience. So I, I think that combination is what crushed me. Yeah, I probably looked like, please, nobody look at my face right now. But I didn't care, to be honest, at that point. I just... I was so grateful to God for his mercy and love. Yeah. yeah. So you know, that's it. <laughs> just, just from that, I'm so excited for, for that. I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not gonna say it. And I don't know. I don't want it to happen because just because I said it, but I feel like, you know, it's going to be quite a rush of emotions when you're finally, finally confirmed because, when yeah. I wish I had that understanding when I was confirmed, you know? And I wish everyone yeah. had that understanding when they were confirmed. Mm. And, mm. you know, we really got a... It's a lot of work to be done, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. From here, we start the journey for real. Mm -hmm. So, um, to sort of start wrapping up, uh, yeah. I wanted to go through some funny answers that I got from the Instagram Instagram questions. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Why shouldn't Daniel become Catholic? He might get a cold if he gets baptized. <laughs> <laughs> I found this one so That funny. sounds like something... That sounds like something Clyde would say. <laughs> no, it wasn't Clyde. It was a guy named uh, Lil Wayne's World. <laughs> you might get a... <laughs> yeah. Um... This is from um, Ridimar Daft Punk. Because uh, the Prots are going to come for him and bore him to death with their accusations of idol worship. Oh, man. I've already been getting that <laughs> for like two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a new thing. And yeah. this was just a comment. Uh, this is not really a funny one, but it's a, it's, it's a very true one. Again, by uh, B. G. Jimenez. Uh, because... As someone who was raised Catholic and went to the Catholic, went to a Catholic school, um, 
who doesn't believe in Jesus, uh, essentially he's saying, he's trying to say that, yeah, people who go to, <laughs> who was who were raised Catholic and went to Catholic schools and don't believe in Jesus are going to come after you and start oh, heckling man. you. So, yeah, I know all about Catholicism. So true. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the, the last one is, um, because the Catholic Church is actually a cult dedicated to worshipping Mother Mary and the saints, and we don't read the Bible at all. <laughs> oh, no! Wait, so what have we been reading in every Mass? Oh, oh no. Man. What is that weird book? It <laughs> <laughs> sounds eerily familiar to the Bible, so I don't know what book that is. Goodness me. Maybe it's like a... I don't know, a, a Walmart ripoff of... <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, oh, my gosh. Okay, um, so yeah, final, final sort of mini discussion that I wanted to break into as we end off is, you know, being Catholic, it's, um, I guess when you understand Catholicism to a certain extent, it becomes easy because you know the truth of Catholicism and all of a sudden you realize like, you know, we have it easy, but also... Catholicism is admittedly hard. There are pl- plenty of obligations. Yeah. There's, this, there's there are obligations, but you know, with as long as it's the truth, it's all worth it, right? But you know, it, it is definitely easier in some ways, depending on how you approach it. To be to be a Protestant, mm-hmm. and so I'm wondering because I've seen so many Protestants who are so open to Catholicism, but yet they seem to live in this state or or mindset of, well, I'm not against Catholicism. It's just you know it doesn't seem right to me, and you know I have to follow my conscience. It wouldn't be right if I converted and I don't really believe, and you know I didn't think Catholicism was true, and I converted. That wouldn't be right either, and so yeah, and they come up with this mindset of you know if god reveals catholicism to me as the truth then of course i'll i'll definitely become catholic so and considering all of this okay maybe i'll add on one more point to that so you can sum sum it all up which is you know i'm sure there are also plenty of things that you might still be grappling with about catholicism or maybe you just don't fully understand yet and Mm -hmm. At what point do you decide that you're just going to have to just trust that it is the truth? You know, what is What has stopped you? What I guess I'm asking this from if you were telling this to someone who happens to hold that sort of mindset that I just outlined over there. Mm-hmm. What made it different for you? What sparked you on this journey of seeking truth no matter the cost and that made you not be able to just stay in that limbo of, well, I guess I'll just stay Protestant for now uh, until um, Catholicism just falls into my lap and it makes sense. Yeah. Well, first, I guess I would answer by saying that it really comes down to, do you believe the words of Yeshua, yes or no? And if you do, then look at John chapter 6, where he commands us to consume his flesh, right? He's, he's, this is during the Bread of Life discourse, and he explains that the bread that he was talking about is actually his flesh, and he commands us to consume that. So 
do you believe his words? Do you believe that it's necessary to do it? Well, if, if you believe what he said, then you have no choice, right? You just obey what he says. As for me personally, through the journey, when, when I got to the point where I'm like, man, I got to become Catholic, it was actually in the search for authority, right? Mm -hmm. So at that point, I was uh, going in from Messianic Judaism and dabbling into Orthodox Judaism because of the fact that I was looking for the authority that could determine what I actually live out, right? Uh, I believed, okay, I have to keep the commandments from this Mosaic Covenant, but wait. Which ones do I keep? Which ones do I not keep? And in that search, it led me to ask, okay, but who has the authority to determine these things? So then it took me into looking into history. Because I went to look into history, looking for the authority, I actually ended up finding something else, which was the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. So it was really the Eucharist that made me think like, wait a second, why is everybody talking about it like a real sacrifice and like it's really issue was body and blood? And after that point, it goes back to what I just said, which is, if you believe in the words of Yeshua, then there's nothing else. So I think for anybody who's kind of like, ah, you know, I, I don't really know if I believe all of these things. Just start with that, because that's how it was for me. Answer the question, do you believe him at his words or do you not? And then after that, who is the authority? Those two questions will naturally lead you to Catholicism. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, but I guess I'm gonna push a bit more and be like, so what if you, what if you look at John six and you're like, mm, yeah, but there there are so many great, really smart Protestants out there who don't accept this interpretation. What then, you know? Like, I mean, I guess that's a question for you as well. But you know, there are many very smart Protestants out there with, I guess really good arguments otherwise i guess no one would follow them right so what mm -hmm. stops you from yeah what stops you from using that as an excuse well there's two two things to that number one you can't really say that oh there are some smart protestants that believe that and see there's so many protestants that believe that too because i guarantee you most people don't even consider that and they don't they don't consider what yeshua says in john chapter 6 most Christians, if I went to ask them, what does it say? They won't even know, mm. guaranteed. Um, the next thing is, you, you're asking about, okay, there's so many smart people that have their interpretations, but I'm going by Yeshua's interpretation, right? Whenever he gives other parables, this is the easiest, most sensical way for me to observe this is this. When he talks about the door that we're going to go through, he says, I am the door. When he talks about the way we're supposed to walk on, he says, I am the way. So he's giving us the, the interpretation for what those things mean. The door is him. The way, it is him. When he talks about the bread of life, he tells us what the bread is. He says, the bread is my flesh. Mm. So he, he already gave us the interpretation. So again... Do you believe Yeshua at his words or do you believe some smart guy and his interpretation? Mm. You know, um, is a, this is a thought that I've had, but I think if we as Catholics, we just really start 
constantly hammering on these really important things. You know, um, just as you were talking about the Eucharist, I've already, you know, there's already so many arguments that have come through my head. Like people are going to say, oh yeah, but you know, he's speaking metaphorically in those other parts. So why is he speaking uh, literally in the, these parts? And you know, there, there's, because John 6, there's so many great, I mean, John, the truth proves itself, right? In, in John 6, the reason why it's not metaphorical is because there's the whole context of it and how Jesus constantly emphasizes on it. We did a whole podcast on it. Point is, I think if we as Catholics, we kept focusing on these key doctrines and just people like us just kept hammering on these truths. I think uh, the majority of Protestants would start to realize okay something yeah we've got to look into something because yeah, yeah. not not every not every protestant's gonna <laughs> go down that rabbit hole of listening to all of these great protestant scholars and you know, so yeah that that was just a thought i'm sorry that that yeah. this wasn't some big revelation it, it was just sort of a thought that i was having that i wanted mm. to run by you so yeah, yeah, yeah. To end this off on a more conclusive note, Daniel, you have been such, again, (laughs) a major part of my faith journey. And I always say this, but I'm really excited for what, what God has planned for you. For just for everything that... Everything that's going to happen after this, ever since I had you on my channel, you've been on so many YouTube channels, sharing your story, your testimony. And this is, and I just hope that it's going to be as life-changing for everyone else that listened to it as it was for me. And the amount of people that you're going to reach, and now that you're officially becoming Catholic with the sacrament of confirmation with the gifts of the Holy Spirit being bestowed onto you. Man, I am so excited for what's next for you, Daniel. So, so excited. And, Mm. you know, you you gotta gotta let me know what time you're being confirmed because I'll definitely have to pray for you then. Yeah, I'll I'll message you, like, before I head out. (laughs) (laughs) Wish you, man. Oh, excellent. No, but thank you, Gabriel. Like I I said this also in the beginning, which is that I'm so grateful for the many people that God has put in my life that have been supportive. But obviously, especially you, like you said, you were the first person that ever invited me to do a live stream. And yeah, it, it was just great to have somebody to chat with and to go back and forth. And I think we've had several times where we're having conversations on live and I'm like, wow, that was crazy. Or you'd be like, wow, just that's today. mind-blowing. <laughs> just yeah, today. Yeah, we, like, had one. <laughs> we always have these moments <laughs> yeah. where it, it's so important to have conversations, especially as Catholics, to get excited about the faith, right? Like what we're living is real. This goes past apologetics. It goes mm-hmm. past book smarts. It goes even past emotions. It transcends all things. And we should be excited about the fact that we can know God, that we can consume his flesh. Like that's mind blowing. Like Mm. what? He wants to be that close to you that he gave everything to you. So to have brothers and sisters in Messiah that you can relate to, 
I, I think it's such a wonderful gift. So thank you, as always, for the opportunity to converse. Oh, always, Daniel, always. I think this is... <laughs> I hope I hope everyone out there watching appreciates this this little bromance that we have going on. You know, <laughs> I think I've always looked at. Sometimes I look at look at like online um, YouTubers or whatever, and I'm like, you know, the these two are such a great pair. Uh, I hope mm. people think that about us because I really. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the, you are the most frequent guest on my channel, so <laughs> I, oh, I hope, absolutely. yeah. We, we hopefully, you know, this is one of the, the visions that I have that hopefully one day we could be like the next Catholic Answers kind of thing or the next Matt Frad and Cameron type of deal. Just, you know, just going to that next level Yeah, you know, uh, I think to reach more people. Definitely in later stages of our lives, we definitely have some sit down podcasts because, you know, it's going to yeah. be really possible soon. You know, I think, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one day it's gonna happen definitely gonna happen yeah man okay, so um don't forget to go ahead and subscribe to daniel's channel the jewish catholic be sure to pray for him if you're watching this live i i mean if you're watching this after pray for him anyway <laughs> and all the great work that he is gonna do and pray especially for i think being a jewish catholic i think the one of the biggest things that's going to be uh, a struggle is, of course, the things like anti-Semitism in the church. So I think, if anything, pray especially for that. And major props to you, Daniel, for not letting that be an obstacle. Yeah. So yeah. with that said, subscribe to this channel as well. Um, give it a like comment don't be annoying in the comment sections and <laughs> well um daniel and i will see you very soon on another joint podcast because of course we're gonna have one thank you <laughs>